Welcome to Bad Movie Brunch. I'm Luke. I'm Katie. And we are in LA, quarantine week, whatever. It doesn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. But there's good news afoot in the midst of all this, you know, bleak, is while everybody's stuck inside, we at BBF Productions, we being me and Marissa Lessman and the wonderful folks mm-hmm. that worked on Break, have uh, put my movie on Amazon Prime. So if you have an Amazon account, you can go and watch it for free with Prime, or you can buy it or eventually you can rent it it's gonna be a whole thing but it's out and available in the world and you're you know you got nothing better to do stay stay home and save lives and watch break am i right yeah it's an excellent movie i just rewatched it shortly before recording and i'm happy to talk to you and our special guest about it taylor hi again it's me a taylor I think it's like my favorite thing about I stopped writing Taylor as special guest because she's been like in three episodes straight. Oh, okay. <laughs> or no, 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 no. I, I love it. I think it's hilarious. I just am like, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I went to type it again when I was putting up uh, after and I was like, mm-hmm. eh, she's kind of a runner. She, she's a quarantine. <laughs> yeah. sta- she's a quarantine staple. Yeah, just call me. I could be called a quarantine staple. The quarantine guest. Mm-hmm. She cannot escape. So. so she is now just doing it. So this will be a little navel-gazy, um, but that's okay. I guess I got to get it used to that sort of thing. Because what kind of fool would I be if I if I didn't use uh, this format to pimp my flick? I mean, I've done it mm-hmm. for other people. Uh, God knows we should do it for this movie because uh, it's been a long, hard-fought process. I mean, I feel like if you go back, it, the, the concept and pre-production and uh, everything going on with break sort of goes back as far as this podcast wouldn't you say mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and uh so i'm very excited to do this q a with both of you and are you guys ready to get started oh, yeah so baby. so ready i feel Woo-hoo. i feel like a goddamn celebrity <laughs> awesome so the first thing i think that we should just cover the basics so i want each of you to say what you did on the film Oh, easy. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. I um, w- I wrote it and I directed it and I produced it with Marissa Lessman. Mm-hmm. Well, and you wrote directed it yourself. Well, I wrote and directed <laughs> it, and then me and Marissa Lessman produced it. Yes, and I uh, was an actor on set, but also a like muse, a muse, an absolute, <laughs> the reason for the project existing could uh, not happen mm-hmm. without <laughs> that. Uh, but. Try to just be in a way uh, and any assistance to Luke throughout the process, but especially on set, mm-hmm. it's like with we'll get into it. But the, the, it was a small crew, and so you kind of have to step up not only as an actor, but like how can I help the scene along with like how am I organizing things? How are the lights? Mm-hmm. Like how can we all help so it doesn't fall on Luke's shoulders completely? Yeah, wonderful. And could- yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Katie. You're you're in charge. <laughs> oh, I was just gonna ask. Uh, could you uh, briefly tell me what the movie is about? <laughs> yeah, I mean, breaks a uh, definitely a coming of age story uh, mm-hmm. set in the span of a single summer. Uh, the main character, Ag, he's living in Chicago at the uh, at the at the present, um, but he's forced to head back to his old hometown in the, the rural Midwest. That's Canton, Illinois, uh, where he sort of has to reunite with old friends and old memories both good and bad and Mm -hmm. uh sort of you know it's that all in all in one summer coming of age sort of uh 
feeling between high school and college that everybody I think kind of goes through where you're not really sure what the next step is. Um, that's kind of something I, I wanted to capture in there. And more than anything else, it's also a love story. Uh, mm-hmm. It's definitely a way for me to write a romantic comedy, but more like a dr- romantic dramedy. I remember Drake, uh, Drake, Jake, uh, when I was writing and uh, putting out uh, Break and putting it together in the uh, post-production process, he's like, you know, Scrapers is a comedy for romantic stoners, but but Break is a is a comedy for dramatic stoners. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh my god, it, that, that, <laughs> that's that's fantastic! It's a subtitle. Uh, I absolutely adore." So that was a very, I guess, kind of serpentine path through what the synopsis is without getting, I guess, too much into it. Wonderful. You? Is that about cover it, babe? Yeah, that the, the you said it all. So you're <laughs> okay. the writer. I just I just do the words. Words, words, well, words. Taylor, then, <laughs> uh, tell me about your character, Marley. Uh, how did you prepare to play her? And what were your reactions in reading the script? Well, um, it was really fun to look, uh, have Luke write the whole movie. But, like, there's many, many, many drafts ago. It was very, very different. And mm. then I slowly started to notice when we finally got to the draft where Marley existed, I was like, these are words I sometimes say. I stare directly at Luke. Um, mm-hmm. But they, so there were some things that were in- inevitable. Like she was a part of me wh- while he was writing it and while we were just like being together. Um, but mm-hmm. certainly uh, it was, this is the first time I've ever done a feature film. And so I'm used to theater. So I'm used to like, oh, we're just you get six week process and that's when it's it starts when you show up to set and I was like oh no that's not the same or it's show up to a theater but it's not the same um mm-hmm. but my preparation was reading as much as I could the script over and over again I have a lot of the times I have to like just read it to myself I have to read it out loud I have to hear those people like I have to hear her speak because even though she's a part of me there's a lot of things I'm not a stoner I didn't I never smoked before this film. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it was a struggle bus. I hope that uh it, I made it somewhat look like I could be a stoner, but I was like I I kind of wish I would have gave myself permission to be like, "Let's smoke it up beforehand." But uh <laughs> getting on set, the doing that, we definitely spent just a, even a few few days actually getting uh you know, uh, that process going because I coughed mm-hmm. a lot. It was herbs and it's sweet. And if you don't smoke and you're smoking for the first time, it's, it's not fair. It's gross. Sorry, everyone. It's grody. But um, yeah. Was so it just real weed? A... No, it wasn't. It was, what was it, babe? So um, no, I, I went to, it was actually really awesome. I, I went with uh, Sylvia uh, in the flick. Who plays. To, who plays Sylvia uh, in the flick to uh, she took me to this place because she it basically it's there's like herbs that people roll for like you know to fill in their cigarettes to not use as much of their tobacco or to fill in spliffs to not use as much of your green and uh, she you know I, I didn't know where to go and it was like this place was really trippy uh, it was in Chicago and it was like 
it had like a lot of like potions and like sort of like spells and like a lot of like witchcraft stuff um but it also had like a a, a spinning rack of different like bags of herbs and so ours were like it was called like skull cap and like mullen leaf and they both looked Mm -hmm. like shitty weed to be honest um but it just kind (laughs) of tasted uh hot it sort of just kind of burned your throat a little so poor poor reef uh and taylor and then Doug, who plays Ankh, Arif, who plays AG, because uh, I made them smoke quite a bit of it. Doug had to smoke actual cigs, too, quite a bit. So mm-hmm. uh, I felt bad about that. I, I, next time I write, I don't know if I'll put stuff like that in. It's kind of a, it's kind of a pain in the ass. Well, mm-hmm. uh, we were talking about that this week. We watched, sorry, side note, we watched Birds of Prey, and oh, Luke was talking Birds about how. Birds of Prey rocks. One, Birds of Prey rocks. Two, mm-hmm. he's talking about how uh, Margot Robbie wrote in this, like, egg sandwich and she's a vegan she's vegan or it's or against it's- her diet i can't remember what the thing was but the whole thing was like she she like was like instrumental in like writing that scene in of like this amazing breakfast sandwich but then they had to make it like the it, craziest like, sandwich to, like, of all time it was so difficult fucking like yeah it, <laughs> it was the whole thing and it's like well you don't think about it it's just the things you don't think about as a producer right yeah the things that you when you're writing like that seems like a good idea i know Sorry, i see well, that's where you're going yeah no that's exactly where i was going it was like uh, it's so funny luke and i had been together for how long at that point i never smoked and he knew i never smoked and then he's like you're character is gonna be a smoker and i was like (laughs) well okay um and a lot of it was just uh to get back to my process a lot of it's just trusting uh really knowing a reef really really helps and Mm -hmm. um for me it's kind of going i always have a few options in my head whether or not i actually use them I like to play around a lot um or i like to overanalyze and then i'm like "Ooh, what if she said like this or what she said it like this um <laughs> which uh it can be helpful but um there's certainly things where um that was that was where we started and then it was just trusting luke and what he wanted because film is so different from theater it's like i can't see what's on the screen so i have to do what i think i know is best and then trust the crew to know what they think yeah, and I think in a mm-hmm. normal circumstance, you probably would be able to look at a monitor or something like that. But the only monitor we had was on Ryan's camera. Ryan Croft, the DP, is just on his shoulder. So I'm always just tucked right behind him. We didn't have a monitor like up on set because our crew was literally me and then mm-hmm. Ryan uh, Croft, who was like operating the camera and was the director of photography. And then we had Alejan- mm-hmm. Alejandro Reyes, who was holding, was like the boom and that's it. I mean, we had PAs like rolling a like Bryce Schwerbach. Uh, Schwerbach ended up getting uh, gaffer credit because he was just amazing. He was on set all the time. Uh, and then mm-hmm. Robert uh, Robert Riley and Abby Dupe were on set as PAs doing all sorts of wonderful things. Like sometimes Abby was script supervisor. Sometimes uh, they were, you know, getting me beer for a scene. Like sometimes they were acting in scenes. Like so we had a, it, it mm-hmm. was just as indie as it gets in terms of like having everybody wear a whole lot of different hats. Yeah. Well, great. Uh, Luke, I wanted to talk to you about uh, the producing aspect of this film. It takes place and was shot in your hometown of Canton, Illinois. And um, you describe you just described like this kind of like um, bare bones crew that you had. I was wondering if you could walk me through the process of what it was like shooting in Canton with that crew. Well, it was kind of like, honestly, 
setting it in Canton was the best thing I could have ever done uh, mm-hmm. in terms of like production, especially uh, because, you know, I really had to go into this screenplay writing it uh, to produce. And that's way different mm-hmm. than what we did uh, in film school, Katie. Like uh, we kind of could write a screenplay and just write the best script that we possibly could and like not really worry about uh, how much something might cost or, you know what I mean? We were just writing a story. Uh, and then having to write a screenplay this way, I mean, I had to throw away a lot of different versions uh, just because it just wasn't doable. And so setting it in Canton gave me the opportunity. I was like, what do I have in my hometown? Um, I have locations I can use. Whereas in Chicago, it's kind of, you know, it's not impossible, but it's difficult to secure locations and we don't really have a budget. So more expensive, more expensive for sure. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, my parents have moved at that point, but they had my childhood house still. And it was, uh, it hadn't sold. So we had an empty house sitting in Canton. That's one with a big ass yard Mm -hmm. and backyard and everything else. So I was like, well, set things in that house and backyard easy, write what you know. Then I was like, well, let's do a little research. I think, I think I used to go to the skate land as a kid. I loved it growing up. I think it would be uh, a really visually interesting place that we could maybe secure for free that would add uh, a production value to the movie that otherwise we wouldn't have. Cause again, no money. Um, mm-hmm. And I started to like, look it up and be like, what's their schedule like? Uh, and I'm like, Oh my God, they're closed like four days a week. They're only open on the weekends. This could be amazing. Uh, so I started writing it for that before actually, you know, checking with them. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I was like, what parks do I know? Like that's free production value. I can shoot in parks in Canton. I can shoot at the park in Chicago. Uh, uh, we had to pay for, we actually had to pay for permits for park districts for both, but they weren't that expensive. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, it just was kind of became a matter of what I have at my disposal. That house also became um, where we housed everybody. So Arif, who played AG, he's really like, I rented that bed from Rena Center because the house had no furniture at that point. And mm-hmm. he, he really did sleep in that bed and in that room. Uh, Ryan slept on a, a blow up mattress in my sister's old bedroom. Uh, Alejandro uh, slept on a blow-up mattress in my parents' old bedroom. Uh, Robert and Abby slept on like slept on like a floor in the back room where like the laundry is. Uh, mm. uh, Bryce would do the same. Bryce they would, would like, do the same. Like uh, they would just sleep on the wood floor. The first, I mean, it was crazy. It, it was just. Did they not have hot water too? The first few days there was no hot water or AC there. Oh my it was gosh! Like, it was just like a whole absolute shit show. But. Sorry, I'm going off a tangent. The whole thing is like, yeah, t- from a writing produ- to produce angle, that was kind of why I had to do that. Is and everything was sort of already there. How many uh, weeks of shooting were there? Like, th- so we shot for four days in Chicago, and then we shot for three weeks in Canton. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd say 21 shooting days in Canton, or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and so Arif was there for every single day because he's mm-hmm. in every single scene. He had to, to go back though, remember? And he had to go he, back he in the middle back of it. From, he went to back to Chicago and then came back on a train. Yeah. Uh, um, t- I was there Taylor was there for weeks. almost every single day because she was, uh, mm-hmm. and then we knocked out a lot of Doug in the first few days. Um, cause Doug was teaching. Right. Um, mm. What was Katie's question? I'm so sorry. No. The oh. Says, how many days? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You got it. <laughs> um, Taylor, uh, yes. did you know how to skate beforehand? Or was that something that you learned during the process of the film? 
I did know. I was like, this was mm. my jam. That's the one thing where I was like, well, you don't have to. I don't have to learn that. I may not be a smoker, but I am a roller skater. Um, I did it all. Later skater. It was my favorite thing to do <laughs> growing up. I had a roller skating party. I was like the kid who was like, if there was a race, I was on the I was on the floor and going to race someone. I loved it so much. Arif did not know how to skate. Um, so we, oh, we actually spent time like. God bless his soul. He was just mm-hmm. going to not tell us. Um, <laughs> and so, because I think he was like, well, if I don't know how to skate, then I don't know how to skate and then I'll fall and then it will be real. Um, mm-hmm. And we were like, yeah, um, no, you're not going to fall and bruise or hurt anything of your like body because mm-hmm. uh, that's just would not be good. So yeah. luckily Kelsey stepped in and she like went and got some sort of pad for a reef to like just even stage learn fall. stage fall. Yeah. Um, and then a reef like got it really, really, you can see he learned, we like did all of our skating basically in one day, mm-hmm. like really skating at least for in two part. days. Yeah. Like the, the, ma- the majority, the skating at the end was shot in the same day as the skating in the beginning. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So Arif learned really, really quickly. But like those, that first That's scene, true. Wow. that first that you see, he really is an impressive motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, Shout we, out to we get there and like, yeah, oh my god, that's so true. Is we did have to film that final skate, like right after we had to film him not knowing yeah. how. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. What a what a star. I'm there. Some of these <laughs> stories, it might just be good for me to be on because like I'll I might remember them just a little bit more than Luke. Uh, because he you, was trying, I mean, I don't, that boy wasn't sleeping. Avoiding an injury uh, on the <laughs> set is, I mean, the fact that we did it is miraculous. Absolutely miraculous. Mm. And, I, and, and like, not even talking about the actors, I'm talking about me. Because, oh, yeah. because <laughs> there's uh, a great shot. We of- have a few. Oh, boy. Like, so when we were roller skating, me, Ryan, uh, the DP, was on skates. And then I also got on skates. Like, Which it was just I a, don't know why. Uh, it just, because for the flow, because if Ryan's on skates and you guys are on skates, I'm not going to be able to see the monitor. He's going to be like 40 fucking yards ahead of me. So I tried to do it and it was fine for a while, but I'm, I used to skate pretty well. I mean, fuck, I used to skate there at Skateland. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, I caught, I got into the rhythm of it in no time, but at some point I was trying to like slow down and not get into the shot. And then I lost my legs completely and like flew up in the air and landed so hard, just like right on my back, like right in the middle of the ring. Like during take, I'm like, cut. Thump. Everyone fell. Like even Ryan, Ryan fell on his ass with the camera. I don't know sometimes, why. Sometimes, oh. sometimes Ryan would get on the skates and have me just slowly pull him and push him and stuff like that. Like we mm-hmm. were just doing ex- like <laughs> like just as as make trying to make it look like we had way more money than we did or taking chances just to make well, it. You're look experimenting, like being a little experimental here and there. But also when we were out at the lake, I was also in a skateboarding phase. Um, and so you're I had shredding. My, Oh, I was shredding. Uh, and and <laughs> Sylvia was also skateboarding. Oh, so we were shredding together. And at that point, we would have been mm-hmm. up in Chicago, and we were uh, skateboarding around Rogers Park and skating in front of the lake by the water. It was amazing. So we had the skateboard mm-hmm. down in Canton, and we'd be, you know, sometimes off to the side of set, we'd be sort of like skating in front of my house. We were out at the lake, and those hills are incredibly steep. Like, I mean, that parking lot is just, it's ridiculous. And for some reason, I just like, like went, and just hopped on my board like I'm like fucking Bob Burnquist or some shit and just start mm-hmm. shredding down this hill and I'm getting like warp speed like I'm just going faster and faster and I look like I know what I'm doing but I really don't and I, all of a sudden I get to this point where I'm like well I'm either gonna have to jump off right now and and you know hurt myself in the concrete or 
just go faster and faster until I just hit the grass in front of me and fly off. And at least oh. I land there. So I did that mm-hmm. and I barrel rolled like four times and like I, I hurt my hip, but like I didn't have to go to the hospital or anything. But yes, I do know how to skate. Yeah. Katie, yeah. <laughs> Taylor knows how to skate. Good, it's gonna just good. be fun for us to talk about the movie because nobody's really we haven't really got to like talk about this stuff. No, not at all. <laughs> well, I'm I'm so delighted to be talking to you both about it. I do. You're have getting the exclusive. The... <laughs> yeah, I love it. I um I do want to ask the the very basic question because I I want your full answer, which is of course what inspired the film. Like you have already gone over uh, shooting at Canton at your parents' place after they had sold it. But, like, uh, various elements such as, um, like, Edward and Sylvia. Like, like where did the inspiration for certain characters and scenes come from? Well, there's definitely, um, so, definitely inspiration in me and AG. There's similarities for sure. I've always Mm -hmm. sort of considered AG and Marley uh, to be uh, two different sides of myself and how I feel about things. Um... I think on one hand, uh, especially when I was writing this, I was feeling uh, really existential. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was feeling just really um, bummed out. And I was watching a lot of like kind of bummer movies. Uh, like I was watching The Last Detail on repeat and stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, even when life's fun, it's really going to end bittersweet. And like just crazy shit like that. I was like just really bummed. And so I was like, that's kind of where AG sprung up from. Like it's just kind of a slice of myself um and the unsure uh kind of you know what happens next sort of pragmatist that i am at times kind of pessimistic and then marley mm-hmm. who's also heavily based on taylor and i mean there's mm-hmm. there's no doubt i mean there's definitely things there that aren't her and i made her like have to you know actually act and then there's other things that were cut and dry i will say um, th- real quick though i do agree that it's the yin and yang of you like there's some things that are like my personal memories like uh sh- the part where i go yeah girls do weird things at sleepovers that no that is my real life like my friends and i did weird stuff but like marley is definitely you you shit like mm-hmm. i i'm i have a different kind of energy and vibe i will still say like yeah. i'm more of a bunny you think it, yeah you think ag and marley is like it's like my it's like my left brain and right brain yeah uh, mm-hmm. so that's definitely where that came from unk is based on my unk uh my uncle mm-hmm. Virgil I uh I've called him Unk since I was a kid he really is uh he really he doesn't live in Canton he lives in northern Illinois but I kind of stole that um sort of to pay homage to him he dresses in those shirts he's you know he's he gardens mm-hmm. here and there uh, call him Unk. I call him Unk always have so he actually mm-hmm. saw it recently and he really appreciated that and then Edwin and Sylvia I mean <laughs> that's kind of just from my friends Grant and Sylvia uh, play the roles. Yeah, Grant mm. Whitaker plays Edwin, and Sylvia Abelson plays Sylvia. Uh, for me, at the time, I was writing. I was working at the movie theater, the New Four Hundred in Rogers Park, and that's definitely what Skateland was in the script. Um, I never really felt like I could write about the movie theater and do it any justice, and so I sort of took a lot of different elements and things and thoughts I had at work and. Uh, uh, working in customer service uh at the theater and kind of applied them to this rundown roller rink so i actually i've never worked at a roller rink so i hope i got some of that right 
Um, but it was really just me finding an outlet to talk about what was really going on in my life, but putting it in a setting where I could have pretty lights and a wide open rink and hopefully have it all to ourselves. Um, Mm -hmm. and then what other characters? Oh, Gary. Uh, I hope he hears this honestly. So that's uh, right there. It goes hand in hand. Uh, I had a lot of awesome regulars at the new 400 that I just adored. Um, Mm -hmm. just a lot. And so I started writing the character of Gary as an homage to a uh, to a guy who came into the 400 all the time named Gary. Um, <laughs> I just loved him. And uh, he would order hot dogs and stuff. Pickle sickles are a real thing at Skateland, so that was for authenticity's sake. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, he was just a sweetheart. And so I started writing that character as, like, a 45-year-old dude. And then uh, I was like... <laughs> Well, Taylor's like Taylor mentioned Kelsey Bunner, who was a you know Canton native, lived in Rogers Park, uh, good pal of mine, ended up being a roommate of mine. Uh, she actually introduced me to Taylor, uh, and she's like, "Kelsey's great, you know, why wouldn't you try for that?" And I was like, all of a sudden, the role became Kelsey's, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't do it any other way. Um, and then yeah, everything else was just kind of uh, trying to. You know, I'm I'm really not that interesting. So then I had, I was just trying to take different elements, and I can't just write about me because that'd be boring as shit. And some would argue the movie is kind of boring still, but I I tried to sort of uh, take themes how I was feeling and sort of shape these characters and make them into their own thing. And I I think I accomplished that. Mm-hmm. I don't think even Sylvia playing Sylvia. I mean, that's definitely not the Sylvia and the break is not Sylvia Abelson. Oh, no. Like not even close. Mm-hmm. Uh, She's there's, a very sweet girl. Uh, yeah. And like, mm-hmm. it, it's just, and you know, like, yeah, I dressed like AG and still kind of do. Um, but I'm not, you know, it's not like Bible truth and stuff. I drew inspiration mm-hmm. from my real life, but definitely uh, came up with that story after working really hard at figuring out uh, how to structure it and uh, what exactly these characters meant to one another and how, uh, that would affect the overall narrative and the message I was trying to convey, which is, um, you know, AG feels like, you know, life isn't really worth living if you're just going to die. And Marley's whole point is, and Unk's kind of whole point, uh, and kind of everybody's whole point in this movie about a kid going around and getting advice from people, uh, Mm -hmm. when you break it down is just, you know, yo, just because, uh, you know, the ending doesn't mean, uh, it's not worth, watching it not worth living it out so i hope that that came across just with how all these people interact with one another and uh the way they sort of exist and coexist in this weird wacky little town and world absolutely and there is that that beautiful uh bit at the end where just as unk says uh ag rewinds all of his experiences from the film uh right before we cut to black which I think is really lovely and poignant. Um, Taylor, so I I'm so happy to... you like that. Oh yeah, yeah, I loved it. I, I, was I like, added that very oh. late. That was a really late addition. Yeah. Like I added that line and then that addition, like in one of the latest drafts. I'd say, wouldn't mm-hmm. you say? Yeah, I don't even think the rewind came to you until you came to edit. Well, I had it in. I had it in there because I had to plant that line with Doug, but I didn't mm-hmm. think of it until. Yeah, did you think about? showing it visually like a rewind yes but only wow. yeah but that was See, a very yeah there's idea. been many many and i was also writing on, uh the night before i was changing sides on set which is usually Blech. a pain but i did it mm-hmm. uh taylor there's a uh, a scene i really wanted to ask you about it's the one where ag essentially breaks up with marley because he's worried about things ending so he ends it kind of prematurely and oh, yes. you gave 
You gave Marley this effortless spark and joy, and you were able to inject a lot of your natural charisma in her lighter scenes. But what I really like about that one was you got to be more downbeat. And the way that you were framed, we got to see these slight changes in your face as you became more serious and focused. And it, I, I just wanted to ask you, like, how you prepared for that scene specifically. <laughs> that is so funny that you asked that, Katie, because that was the most painful scene, uh, just for my process-wise. Uh, Luke had mm. this really brilliant idea that I'm still mad at myself um, that it doesn't exist so I'm happy that you appreciate this one. Uh, Luke wanted it to be a tracking scene. He wanted it to be a one shot, uh, and we did it. Oh, he, we had done it. It was the last thing of. We were our, getting light, and it was ten takes, right? We did ten takes in a row. Yeah, but we had done all day. We worked. I think we did. Oh, oh yeah, we had been at the library that day. We did. It was the library scene. It was um, the scene right before it when they're uh, she's telling him about uh, western. And then we went to the breakup scene. Well, it was supposed to be all one scene. Arif and I clearly couldn't get our words out. And and Mm -hmm. we just kept fighting it and fighting it. And uh, we took 10 takes of that um, in a row. And it didn't work. And I got home and I said to Luke, he was like, no, I think we got it. You know, I think we can find something. And, And Ryan tried to reassure me. And I said to him, no, we didn't. I was like, I know we didn't. And I had to trust my gut there. And... I'm, I'm, I can be a pain, uh, I think, when I know I don't. I'm a perfectionist, so I, there's sometimes where I, I say that, and that's not true. But I knew. I knew there was something better. And so we, mm-hmm. we uh, reshot it at 5 in the morning. Um, it was late September. It was freezing. It was very, I was very so cold. cold. We had forgotten a reef shirt. Um, and so oh, I gave, yeah, for continuity. So... Um, Luke kept telling me that, like, because I, what's so surprising is my favorite thing to do on, like, to perform is sadness. Like, I love to get mm-hmm. really, really, really cry and, like, emo- like over-the-top emotions. And Luke, mm-hmm. I kept trusting that, and Luke was like, no, 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 not that far. And so he finally just put me in that spot, and with the, every aspect of where we were at, it was like, he I just had to go for it and I just had to say mm-hmm. it to Arif and um kind of feel the, the emotions of just like where we were at um uh filming wise and so that was kind of it's, it was a big process but yeah that was it it was like we got this Luke said we had the take and I was like, I'm not sure and then I went over the top and cried a lot in one of them and, and we were like mm-hmm. no and then watching it now, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. She's <laughs> uh, because I, I especially think she tries so hard to not be. Um, she wants to be happy. She wants to try. Mm-hmm. And and she also is like she doesn't want to be real. Like she wants to be mm-hmm. fun. She That's why she doesn't tell him until he asks her point blank. So she's not going to profess her true feelings until she really has to he really has to be like no you're wrong and then she's like fine well I want to keep fighting for this and I I'm I'm gonna be as honest as I can but that's not fair to me and uh well I think that was uh once I got those two things like oh this is me fighting for something it it really also helped so 
that's the long process of that, but it really means a lot that you said that, Katie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was very moved by your performance in that scene. I, I thought it was Isn't really she the lovely. Best? <laughs> Isn't she the best actress alive? <laughs> She's trying. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, I, awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, um, I, uh, my other questions are so silly now. Uh, I wanted to ask about like the TPing scene and like <gasps> if that was the tree in front of your house, Luke. Or uh, where you found a tree, or somebody that was okay with you guys TPing it. That's oh, yay! So, You're like, <laughs> hitting every part of the like fun. Yeah, that's, that's the, the fun scene. That's now. definitely so my it's favorite good to segment. Talk about that. I'd say that's like if I were to watch anything over and over, it's it's that segment. Uh, the TPing, mm-hmm. the walk up. I love the walk up shot, and I love uh, Grant sort of doing the Belushi Animal House role in the yard. Um, mm-hmm. I, and that's, so that's my parents, uh, actual well, current house. So at mm. the, so my parents are right inside the door and then Bryce, the <laughs> PA, and then me, uh, for a lot of it, uh, because we had to flip the light in from indoors and stuff. Um, but I, I didn't, I didn't really go around and say, Hey, we're going to do this. So I, w- I was kind of just hoping, uh, that the neighbors didn't call the cops or anything, uh, cause it was, you know, it's a pretty nice, it's a pretty nice neighborhood. And also like, uh, uh, it's a pretty, you know, old neighborhood. And, uh, I kind of thought people would freak out, but yeah, I was like, well, production, we have another house to TP. I'm not going to TP a rando. So I convinced mm-hmm. my parents and I knew the tree, they didn't really have a tree. Um, so I had to write in the fact that the tree was shitty. So I was like, well, Sylvia can roast Edwin. That, that seems to work a lot. Um, mm-hmm. and it, that's kind of, we didn't have another choice to be honest, which worked with like Kelsey. That's the other thing that Kelsey brought was this like relationship with Grant's character. They put together this bromance that, I mean, wasn't really, it was maybe there on the page, but they found it uh, in the process of shooting where they mm-hmm. had this rapport on screen that I just was obsessed with when those two, especially in the nachos, God, they just really Grant and Sylvia are electric together. But and mm-hmm. but Grant and Gary have this like side pure, piece bromance. That's they're like, just the purest of like the, everyone in the group. They're just kind of like, no guys, let's have fun. And and so mm-hmm. that like and then Kelsey being there to re- like when she yells reinforcements, I just die. But what's really funny is, um, <laughs> I'm gonna tell it. Uh, Luke and I had to just. I had always, you know, I've been. It's hard because it, I started to feel like this was a uh, also a part of me because I'd been we'd been at it for so long with the film but luke had written in there that everyone was wearing all black and so i was Mm. like oh my god yes but by the time (laughs) we got to set everyone was like no i don't think they would do that no somebody planned Mm -hmm. a coup to sway the director i think because everybody's like luke we're not wearing that that'd be stupid right and i go yeah that is fucking stupid and then taylor (laughs) Taylor (laughs) over i was go i was like no they would do that i was like there's edwin of course he would and do you want to know we spent 20 minutes on luke you wrote it i was like oh shit but the best part is the reason why luke ended up doing it was grant goes well then i can just you know i won't wear a shirt and Luke laughed and goes, "We're doing it." And then we mm-hmm. wrote that the no the raw dog. I said it on the spot. Grant goes, "What if I went shirtless?" And I go, "I didn't say a word." And then I go, 
Okay, we'll say no. <laughs> fabric would just slow me down. I'll go raw on this one. All right, we got mm-hmm. it. And, and Taylor is so <laughs> mad that that was the thing to convince me. <laughs> and so, um, and and then it was like, oh, there was an automatic release in everyone to be able to TP it. Oh, mm-hmm. Sylvia talks about um, in some of the promos, she had never TP'd a house before, which I think is. Um, so wonderful and astonishing that what a pure little kid yeah like i was like Mm -hmm. i was tping all the time um but so it was just this automatic release and then literally you just said do it and there was like the only rule was grant had to throw the first one and and someone didn't do it right and then we would just went for it and then arif and i had our own thing and it was just like pure chaos um, really mm-hmm. other fun thing is uh, we didn't tell Luke's parents we are going to use their yard and so um, they have dogs and uh, one oh. of them had pooped and like this is not their fault for not picking up their dog's poop but Kelsey rolled in the poop I think, I think oh, no. I'm not convinced that everybody didn't oh, like, yeah, we and we have in the footage did. like Grant being like something smells like shit and then Kelsey <laughs> being like I know and then- <laughs> So, yeah, uh, it, it's just like that. I mean, we just got to be actors who got to be kids at that moment. So I just think and we're just lucky enough, like to have a lot of people let us use their locations. Like my parents were cool enough to let me use both of their houses for my mayhem. Like I smashed mm-hmm. a TV and shit in their other yard and like uh, all in this flick. like Sharon uh, at the at Skateland and the people that run that place are I mean, like, I, I don't think I'll ever have that good of a uh, experience with a, a location in the history of, like, me making film. Like, if I just the, – the fact that she would just open – she would come in bright and early, like, because w- we needed mm-hmm. her to. And she was – you know, she'd come in with her coffee. She'd light up the place, and she'd just go and let us do our thing. Like, we didn't have to mm-hmm. – like, we just had a roller rink to ourselves. She's like, you guys want soda or whatever? You can go back and get it, like – which if you know me, strawberry, I was chugging that soda. Um, and we, like, I mean, it was just like nuts to have that entire place at her disposal. Taylor, she taught Taylor how to work the lights and stuff. And then that was just mm-hmm. Taylor literally ran the lights the entire movie. Um, like uh, she let us do whatever we wanted. Uh, K and L antiques. Like that's one of my favorite stores in Canton. Uh, like it's just an amazing antique store. And, and we just like, shot in like there they and just let done. us there. I walked in and they were like, yeah, just go ahead and do whatever you want. And like, didn't say a word. They just let us do it. They locked, they were the first location to lock. Um, who else? Yeah. Hannah's dairy dream. Wasn't Kate, even open. They, they were closed for the season or about, or it was their last day of being open for the season. Cause it was getting cold out. Mm. They came in bright and early, made us ice cream cones. Like, I mean it, like that, we subbed that out, but we shot that at like 7am. Um, what else? Like who other? Who else did we? Oh, the parks were great. Oh, there's a great. Am I missing? Oh, Majestic Theater in Canton. Would they were like, yeah, whatever. Like just have those two theaters to your absolute self. Uh, like the (laughs) people. Like it just it's stuff that you would never, never in a million years in a city would you be able to shoot that and have all those locations just like give you the keys to the kingdom and just chill. Then they're like, oh, you want a movie on for lighting? Yeah, we'll throw a projector on. It's just nuts. Like the hospitality is irreplaceable. And I hope I get the chance to shoot in a small town like Canton uh, again. Yeah. Awesome. Well, and um, what was it? There was a story that came to mind. Oh, uh, a fun little also uh, little thing is uh, when Luke went to go film us drinking at the park, a, mm-hmm. a, oh, yeah. <laughs> a cop came up. And you, you know they. I don't think they were notified that we were shooting a film. I so. walk up, hello, sir. Uh, I'm like, I have a permit to shoot at this here at this here park, 
and uh, he's like, all right, all right, you guys filming a movie? Can I be in it? <laughs> and stuff like that. And he was being cool. And then he goes, he sees these bottles of 40s filled with what he assumed was booze. <laughs> it was apple, it was apple juice. He goes, mm-hmm. what's in those jugs? And I was like, oh, oh, no, sir. This is merely apple juice. <laughs> and, like, I came over. I was like, smell it. And, like, and he goes, all right. <laughs> and kind of just, like, <laughs> cruised off or whatever. Uh, I was mm-hmm. like, we'll be out of here in, like, 30 minutes, man. And I was like, like, again, something of small town. Like he just believed you. Like nice. the, all it took was Luke going, no, we're shooting a movie. And the guy was like, yeah, uh-huh. Okay. He's like, all right. Now he was very nice. Um, there was times where people thought we were filming them and didn't want to be in the movie. <laughs> I won't call anything mm-hmm. out. Cause I want to, you know, Canton's wonderful, but there were a few people that definitely did not want us, uh, like filming in uh, near them, which I understand. Privacy but, is privacy, mm-hmm. but they said some colorful words to us for sure a few different times. But a majority for a hundred percent, I mean, it was of people were unbelievable. And the response has been like, I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm able to, to say like the response you. and even like the movie doesn't get made without Canton and uh, my like people in Chicago and like family and friends because you know, Marissa was fundamental in helping us raise the money and she set up the GoFundMe and a lot of the people that put the money toward the project are the people that are from Canton and from Chicago Mm -hmm. and people that know us. And uh, I'm so thankful that we have that many people uh, supporting our work. And you can see that uh, everybody that donated their names in the credits, but also like everything else is just Marissa found so much dough that way. And from other people, she's so Mm -hmm. good at, at, at doing that. But then the rest of it is out of me in her pocket. So mm-hmm. it really, I'm just thrilled the reception and how nice everybody's been. And like the fact that people are watching it at all is so overwhelming uh, after this long process. Um, but I'm just, I'm just so thankful. I'm especially thankful for, you know, my amazing cast and everybody that helped us make it. Um, but, you know, Marissa for sure. Yeah, Marissa uh, like did a lot. Marissa, Marissa Lessman is, you know, the other half of BB produ- BBF Productions. Uh, she's the other half of, of me as a filmmaker, I'd say. And uh, none of our projects happen, but especially not something uh, as the scale of break with as, with as little money and as little uh, crew uh, without her. I think she has the credit for, if you like the way break looks, <laughs> that's on Marissa. I didn't find Ryan. I didn't know the DP. Mm-hmm. That's on her. If you like uh, actors that are happy because they're fed, <laughs> thank Marissa. Like stuff <laughs> like that, you know? Marissa does the same, like, uh, this. She's a superhero where it's like she can do it from far away. That's like mm-hmm. mind blowing. Marissa. Uh, like for never being on like she, Marissa never could be on set, and Marissa wishes that she could, but um, mm-hmm. she, what she did was. She got Bryce by posting on some sort of uh, one of the websites and and Bryce just like they just had had a conversation and then she was like, yeah, Luke, now we have that. Or she'd be like, oh, check, you got an Amazon shipment or or Walmart and it's like, oh, it's a coffee pot and like four things of coffee and like pillows and like crazy shit like that. And snacks, We would get goodie packages like every few days just from Marissa. (laughs) It was like amazing. It's like uh, all the things that we needed to think about that we couldn't think about it after 14 hour uh, set days, days yeah. you know, it's mm-hmm. like uh, there was Marissa to be like, here's your extra stuff. So, yeah. Wonderful. Uh, it's so nice to hear that you guys uh, were like Marissa was a superstar producer. 
Luke, you uh, directed this out of the park, and of course the script is lovely. Oh. And uh, Taylor, you really brought so much to Marley. My final question, and of course the rest of the cast and crew, kudos and to Canton, Illinois for being, as you described it, hospitable. I'd be very excited if you ever wanted to shoot another movie there. I thought it looked beautiful. I loved seeing your hometown, Luke, and oh, it it really made me want to go to Canton. I, um, it, it's fun. I, I think it's fun. That movie shows like the things that they do in that movie is things I would do right now if I could. Not mm-hmm. we can't do it amid COVID, but fuck, man. I'd love to go get some lemon ice cream with some crunch on it and then go to the theater. That theater's beautiful. Like I'd love to go like hang out at the antique store. Like it's like those are just the, the things that, um, you know, I really wanted to make the town another character in the movie Mm -hmm. and so like i'm so thrilled to see that like you want to see those things too i also think that's a life life lesson that like is also captured is ag wants to be out marley wants to be out of Mm -hmm. there and it's actually like you again having the time they're having their time they don't even know it which is also that bitter it capturing that bittersweet sweet essence of just even the town where you're like oh no, it wasn't horrible at all. You know, mm-hmm. it was everything you could have ever wanted to grow up. And so I think that's the wonderful thing about showing it where you're like, oh, we're so hard on the place that we grow up on because we're just kids who who don't know. So mm-hmm. that's I just wanted to say that, too. Absolutely. Yes, it's, it's a very poignant kind of perspective. And you, you definitely feel both what they're feeling, but also that, of course, as you said, Taylor, it's the one of the best times of their lives, and they just don't know it yet. Um, I have one final question, uh, and uh, you can take this as you may, but uh, some people, there are different philosophies with storytelling. One of them is that the characters just exist on the page, and the other is that characters exist beyond the page. And I was wondering if either of you had thought about what happens to A.G. and Marley <laughs> after the movie. After the events of the film. You want to go first? Have uh, you thought about it? Yeah. I don't think... It's sad because I don't think... Oh. I, I, I. Um, I think... Um, mine's going to be sad. Uh, I think that they probably do talk for a little bit and that it stays... They stay in contact mm-hmm. for probably about a year. Um, and, and then it's pretty much done after that, you know? Yeah. Uh, which in a way isn't beautiful for itself. But I, I think if I'm looking at it now, but that's also like me being 26. That's not me being Marley. Mm-hmm. Me being Marley might be a little bit more optimistic. I was always uh, really, and I know you are too, Katie. I know we both have always been very taken with uh, the ending of Chasing Amy, where it's sort of left mm-hmm. to interpretation. Uh, if you're romantic, you think that maybe him, uh, you know, Holden and, uh, Alyssa maybe have a chance in the future if uh if you're not <laughs> then maybe you think that that's it for good um and mm-hmm. I like that idea so I, I mean I definitely want it to be left in uh up to uh, interpretation for now but in my mm-hmm. gut like I totally and I was thinking this even when I was writing it like I'm obsessed with movies like uh the, like Before Sunrise and that trilogy I would love mm-hmm. to, to go back um, and do it like eight to 10 years from now and catch up with these characters and uh, like, instead, like, you know, make it, make a winter break or something like that. Yeah. And, and then, and then like do a spring break and make it a trilogy mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, where, 
we maybe check back in on them and see how they're doing in their adult lives. But one thing mm-hmm. I know for sure is they're definitely going to communicate um, in the days following the end of the movie. And that warms my heart for sure. Yeah. Well, th- this has been wonderful. This has been a, it was so nice talking to you guys about this. Is there anything else that you want to share about the film before uh, we end the interview? Ugh, you're so sweet. I mean, I there. I hopefully like I'll I'll keep having ways to continue talking about it because there's so much that I could we could still share and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. there's stuff that like crazy stuff and fun stuff that happened and we've had so much help from a lot of wonderful people. Um, no, I just mean like there's probably you talk about the characters like having the time of their life and like not knowing it and stuff and like I sit and think about where we are now. And, you know, people I don't necessarily have in my life anymore that I did at that time, for better or worse, mm-hmm. uh, where I lived, who I was, the things I was interested in. I mean, I I live in L.A. now. Me and Taylor are engaged. When we made that movie, I lived in Chicago. Me and her were just boyfriend, girlfriend. Um, mm-hmm. Like, we were just sitting on, like, the floor, like, the whole, like, cast and crew just playing, like, in 64, like, with a TV on a milk crate uh like just like and that was just the time of my life so i don't know Mm -hmm. even if if i get to make another one i don't think it'll ever ever be able to be the same be the same or directly match that experience for sure and uh real quickly i just want to say that i like how thankful we are with the response that we've gotten um and that like without a doubt it's been mind-blowing to me you're just like when you're making it and you're in the trenches and you're like, well, yeah, no, you get to the point where you like it and then you don't like it. And then you're afraid when it comes out, what's going to happen. And like, it's been astonishing. And, and we really, really, truly appreciate the support from everyone. And for everyone who even takes the time to watch a minute or the whole thing, like, right. thank you. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a reminder that to any kids who think that they can't, you can like, Mm-hmm. It may it may not be it may not look like a big budget movie, but there are ways to do it. And like, I think the biggest lie is that y- you can't make it. I think that's mm-hmm. where I don't don't stop, keep going. Oh, and that's Marley. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, well with great. all with all that, Katie, you got anything else? I've been else? Katie. Yeah, nope. <laughs> I've, been Luke Ta- I've been Luke Taylor. And I'm quarantine guest Taylor Shepard. Hooray. All right. Th- thanks so much for interviewing us, Katie. You're sweet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Thanks for letting me do this, guys. It was really fun to come up with questions. And oh, my. It was so much fun. And you all have a good one, folks. Because <laughs> we have to acknowledge the audience and see them out. Sorry. No, we're good. All right, stop things. that stupid ass metronome on all right fucking a are you recording okay cool you good mm-hmm. cool all right three two one welcome to bad movie brunch with me luke and oh fuck oh it's the old intro <laughs> hang on three two one